prayer. For many, it's such a mystery. Can we ask anything of God and expect Him to answer it simply because it's in His name? Hi, I'm Pastor Kerry Robinson, and this is Beyond the Notes. This past Lord's Day, we continued our study through the book of John. Jesus has been with his disciples at the Last Supper. He's been communicating some very troubling things to him. He talked about Judas uh, being a betrayer, about Peter being a denier. And then he also was communicating this whole idea, reinforcing the idea that he was going to be leaving them. This obviously was creating quite a stir amongst the disciples. They were very confused and troubled. But I'm most interested in, uh, in John 14, 6. I mentioned a lot during the message this week. But he says, Jesus says, makes this exclusive claim that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no man comes to the Father except through me. Uh, man, what an astonishing, astonishing claim, the exclusivity of the only way to come to the Father, the only way to be united with God was through the blood of Jesus. But a few verses later... We read in verses 12 through 14, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. It's John 14, 12 through 14. There's a couple things that I noticed, noticed about these verses. You know, that oftentimes prayer can be a very confusing thing. But first, I, I shared the, in the message that the works that Jesus is referring to, to are not more of the sensational kind. It's not of the sensational realm. It's not that I'm going to walk on water or I'm going to, you know, part the sea type of, of sensationalism, but it's more of an influence. The disciples would be able to take the gospel from the known world that they were in and, and ultimately spread it around the world. The works of the apostles after the resurrection were not greater in kind than that of Jesus, but greater in the sphere of influence than Jesus. But then he comes to this whole idea of prayer. Jesus says, whatever, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Uh, during their time with Jesus, you know, he had been the disciple. For the disciples, Jesus had become their supplier. He had given them direction. He had provided food for them. Uh, these men who had left everything to follow him were very dependent upon him. And now here he's communicating that he's leaving them. It's obviously obvious to anyone that they could see how troubled these disciples were. And now Jesus speaks these words about praying. Praying would be the bridge, the gap between their needs and his abundant, limitless, undepleted resources as Jesus departed, all for the glory of God. The context of these verses is very important. Jesus isn't promising that he'll do any crazy thing that you ask him just because you tack on his name at the end. It's not whatever you ask personally, not ever whatever you ask in a selfish way. I can't ask for some great mansion, and while you're at it, Jesus, why don't you just give me a new Mercedes or a new BMW? But that'd be completely misapplying the promise that Jesus has given us here. Well, so what does it mean to ask anything in the name of Jesus? Well, 
it's not a magical formula. It doesn't obligate God to do something simply because we tag Jesus' name on the end of it. But rather, it's to make requests that are consistent with God's will and purposes for his kingdom. Even Jesus in the garden prayed, Lord, if this be your will, let this cup pass from me. His prayer was always in alignment with his father's. I also see that it's to acknowledge one's spiritual poverty. As we come to the Lord in prayer, we acknowledge our lack of self-sufficiency, that we can do nothing in and of ourselves. We are utter, utterly unworthy to receive anything from God. In Philippians 4.19, we see, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We also see through this whole idea of prayer, it is to express a sincere desire that God would be glorified in his name, in his answer. It is to align one's request with the Father's supreme goal of glorifying the Son, for the two were one. Author and pastor John Piper argues that instead of using prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie, to call in supplies for the battle, which we surely are all in. We have turned prayer into an intercom to ask for more comforts in the den. But prayer isn't a means of getting God to give us what we want so that our lives can be more comfy and cozy. But rather, prayer is the means by which we ask God to extend His kingdom to his, and do His will on earth as it is in heaven. It's true that uh, there is a place to ask God to meet our needs, but essentially it's always in alignment with the will of the Father. Lord, do your work through your people. Bring sinners to genuine repentance. Sanctify your people so that we will be faithful ambassadors for yours, Jesus. So prayer is a submission to the will of the Father, to ask Him to accomplish His will through us. And I believe that's really what it means to be praying in alignment with the Father, to ask Him to do whatever He wants through us for His glory. Well, this is Beyond the Notes. I hope that you will come next week and uh, listen to our sermon as we gather together in the worship center once again in the house of the Lord next Sunday.